Imagine if medicine actually looked at you as a whole, opposed to looking at you as a bunch of separate systems. Dive into Integrative Wellness Radio with Dr. Nick and Dr. Nicole to learn more about the top trends in integrative medicine, to learn about what the limitations are with testing and what you can do to start your health journey. Sometimes I tend to lose myself when I'm out here on my own. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Integrative Wellness Radio. I am here with my co-host, Dax Nick. What's up, everybody? <laughs> He's still working on his uh, intro every time. So today, uh, we're actually talking uh, about a topic, um, or I should say something that I hear often in practice is a lot of times people come to us and they say, I'm here because I nobody's been able to figure out what's going on with me, and they told me that it's potentially all in my head and I need an antidepressant. And often enough, they've usually just had haven't had the right testing. But what got me really thinking about this topic was a recent newsletter that was put out by Chris Cresser, who's just one of my personal mentors. And what he was pretty much saying in his newsletter was the fact that he there was a patient uh, that was actually, I think, went to the practice that he did his internship in, which was many years ago. And patient was really, really sick. Uh, Not many therapies were actually helping him improve. And the patient made peace with the fact that he was most likely going to die because he was so ill. And he decided that he said, screw it. Let me just enjoy the rest of my days. And I'm going to eat pizza and drink beer and call it a day. And uh, it's not that, you know, his newsletter was advocating for for that type of lifestyle. But the point was, is that a big part of this uh, person's journey was that the biggest thing holding his health back was stress and different emotional layers that were making him physically ill. And by him just letting go and and letting go of all the stress and just, you know, living his life and doing what he wanted to do, that actually helped him get well. And again, this is not a podcast that's advocating for, you know, a pizza and beer lifestyle. But I think that the point (laughs) is, and I know this for my personal journey as a physician, is that I found that in the beginning, it was all about science, research, testing, you know, what came up in someone's blood work, what came up in their lab results. And then you dictate your your plan or your protocol from there. And when you start to work with people and you work with people for years, you realize that a huge foundational problem for so many of us is emotions and trauma and stress and you know, not liking ourselves, not liking our spouse, having negative people in our lives, not liking our jobs. So the point of uh, talking about this is just being able to reveal more about you can do all the greatest protocols in the world and you can blame it on you haven't found the right diet or you haven't found the right supplements or you haven't found the right doctor. But sometimes it's about reflecting deeper than that. And I know that this is Dr. Nick's expertise, which why is why I really wanted him to be part of this podcast is we worked for many years and he, well, I should say he worked for many years to figure out how we wanted to support people from that 
emotional standpoint to help them work through that piece because of the plateaus we saw in certain scenarios. So I want him to just kind of shed light on the pizza and beer guy <laughs> guy, <laughs> and, uh, and then be able to tell us a little bit more about, you know, really how these emotional and, you know, the, the stress in our lives plays such a significant role in our health. Pizza and beer remind me of my undergrad. <laughs> <laughs> Most people's undergrad. <laughs> Back to the glory days. <laughs> Not so glory. Um, well, it was interesting because I, I mean, I haven't read that article and known anything about the um, the whole story with Chris Kresser. Um, but it's interesting. It sounds like what brought up in my memory is you always hear a lot of people that they're always searching for this quality relationship. And I need, I need to be, you know, find that right significant other person. And there's mm -hmm. so much energy for it. And everybody out there is just not a good fit. And there's constantly searching and they're always finding the wrong things about everybody. And mm -hmm. I'm going to be by myself for the rest of my life. And finally, when they say, fuck it, guess what? They finally find the person. <laughs> it's so true. It is literally so true. <laughs> so that was what was going through my head the entire time you're telling the story. Like this guy. And what's interesting is like when you like there's a lot of things that are wrong with how the law of attraction uh, is being taught. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just looking at how energy uh, travels. And maybe we'll get into that. Maybe we won't during this podcast. Who knows? Because <laughs> I always uh, tell you not to go too deep. <laughs> right. I'm going to try to keep it a little more superficial today. We'll see if that happens or not. But it's it's more of the concept of just mindset. And mm -hmm. for, for him, you know, most uh, doctors is that we're always looking for a diagnosis, which is the symptom, which is the problem. And especially as patients, you know, when you're in pain, it's honestly, it's not very easy to not concentrate on something other than the pain because mm -hmm. it, it can get overwhelming. It can overtake your life. It's always there. Yep. And the more you focus on something, it's like the energy, um, like when, when you look at the brain and we look at these things, I always, the brain's my favorite part because the brain and the mind. Um, but it's like neuroscientists are always neurons that fire together, wire together. So it's like the more you concentrate on something, the more you're actually firing that neural pathway of the connection between the brain to that area of the pain. So you're actually making it stronger and stronger mm -hmm. every single time you focus on the situation, mm -hmm. which is the problem. So it's like if you're constantly focusing on, oh, I've got cancer, I've got this, it's taking over my life. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's problem, problem, problem instead of, you know, the opposite, the solution, mm -hmm. then, yeah, you're always going to be just digging that hole deeper and deeper and deeper. Mm -hmm. And the interesting part is, you know, kind of the, the screw it mindset uh, of, you know, I'm not going to give this anymore of my energy. I'm over it. And then he felt better is it was really just the ability for his nervous system to finally step out of that sympathetic fight or flight mode mm -hmm. that when you're in that, it's impossible to heal. It's like you're either protecting yourself or you're able to heal, but mm -hmm. the body can't do both of them at the same time. So when he finally said, screw it and allowed his sympathetic nervous system to finally shut off, then his actually parasympathetic could turn on. Mm -hmm. And that's huge. <laughs> As it showed for him, he, he could eat and drink really crappy food and actually feel better. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if you did probably the whole, you know, analysis, was he any healthier? Probably not. But did he feel better? Yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a big part of uh, as a physician, really understanding how much do we want to change uh, and challenge uh, labs? Or how much do we really just want the to affect the person on 
uh, clinical basis. Mm -hmm. And that's where, you know, you can get into a lot of arguments because there's always uh, all the science isn't clinical. It's all research based. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of what's research based honestly doesn't really work in clinical in practice. real life. Yeah. So it's, it's being able to actually marry the two concepts together and and figure out all right, so you're a human being. Mm -hmm. Let me treat you like a human being and really see what's going to be best for you. And not necessarily treat you as if you're going to match the textbook. No, and, and not just fighting a disease because then you're fighting the disease and you're really not – you're focusing on the problem and you're not focusing on the solution. Yes. And and that, that's, I think, a big part that, I mean, we've learned uh, mm -hmm. on our journey uh, and most practitioners finally mm -hmm. – uh, kind of go through that journey as well. Well, I think that, you know, one of the points that I want to make with this podcast specifically is from a practitioner standpoint is, again, you go through school, you go through your, you know, extracurricular training, and everything is all about the textbook, everything is all about the science, and everything is all about the research. And Again, you you kind of go into practice thinking that everything is going to match the textbook. I'm a robot. <laughs> yes. And you quickly find that that is not the case at all. And for us, in the beginning of our practice, before we do some of the customized testing that we do now, we were pretty much creating protocols based off of our training, but then also based off of our Mentors. subjective um, you know, opinion. And I, I had this conversation with someone that interviewed me today is one thing that we have to understand about medicine is it's extremely subjective. Your doctor is giving you a recommendation based off of what they have seen work in the past or what they have been told is what the research validates. Well, it's called practicing medicine. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's really just something that I think a lot of people need to understand is that there really is no gold standard for the treatment of a condition because there is so many variables when it comes person to person. And you have to consider that person's stress level. You have to consider how they talk to themselves. You have to consider their relationships. You have to consider their toxicity. You know, so many factors have to be considered. And what I find is with ourselves, but also many other physicians in the world of integrative and functional medicine, is you go into it thinking that you're going to create the most amazing dietary plants, the most amazing protocol supplements, the most amazing detox protocols. And then you find that, you know, these people might be just struggling with stress or a relationship or not living their purpose, not knowing their purpose. And that foundational problem will never allow them to heal, no, no matter how amazing your protocols are. And this is a common theme that it takes a few years usually for physicians to realize, and some don't ever realize that. but when you're really trying to dig in and and help your patients and you know you are not sitting back saying oh well you know maybe you're just not a good fit for my practice or maybe you're just not a good fit for me and the style that uh, of practice that I have and you really look beyond you realize that you know emotions and stress play a very significant role in the decline of people's health and you know that's not meaning that that's the foundational problem for everyone but exactly like you said, if you're functioning in this sympathetic state, which literally means your body is in fight or flight, it's in survival mode. Mm -hmm. It's impossible for you to repair 
your organs. And if you're constantly focused and created an identity with, I'm a cancer patient, I'm a Lyme disease patient, I'm a fibromyalgia patient, you have now identified yourself with that condition. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for listening and allow you to know that we work with clients from all over the world. You can check out more information at integrativewellnessgroup.com to learn a little bit more about how we work with our clients remotely. That's part of our programming. I mean, we're always trying to identify ourselves with something. um, And I think it's one of the biggest problems because it creates limitations. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you even when it comes to eating healthy, it's like, I am a keto or I'm a vegan or mm-hmm. I am these things instead of understanding that let's just use something for what it is, a tool to allow us to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, what's good for us right now might be different for what's good for us in the future or what's mm-hmm. good for us was in the past. Uh, and I, that identification, I think, really sets us back. And I mean, you can go and look at a school system. It's like, either when it comes to learning uh it's like you know you're bad at math it's like you're not bad at math Mm -hmm. you just need to put a little more energy into being able to understand math or being able to utilize the principles or it's most people are bad at a subject because they don't have the connection to see how it's going to benefit them Mm -hmm. so it's always awesome to be able like you know a lot of athletes quote unquote they're jocks aren't good at school it's like no it's just because their values are Mm -hmm. sports but if you can understand like you could, if you could take math and put math onto a football field and say, you know, this is the play. This is how we're going to, you know, be able to add these yards together to be able to score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got sacked. We, you know, now you subtract these yards. Once you put something into somebody's value system, they can understand it and learn it and apply it. Mm-hmm. And the same thing goes to health. So it's like, yeah, we might be focusing on whether it's Lyme and you might have parasites or mold or whatnot. And the patient really wants to focus on that. But Mm -hmm. understanding that the body has all these different systems and every system really connects and integrates together, the primary purpose uh, of healing is really to focus on what's causing the body the most stress. Mm -hmm. And that's when, yeah, maybe we need to focus on some of this mindset uh, at the same time. But it's also understanding that, and this is, I'll get a little deep, um, (laughs) that everything, everything has a consciousness. You know, it's like, and this is... Like, there's a lot of science out there. You can look at this, but, like, parasites can hijack us. Mold yes. and fungi can hijack us. Bacteria has consciousness and hijack us. So- but this is also – this is scientific, and this is – you know, this has been proven in research. But what's always so fascinating to me is most of the research that's available to to the general public is research that is advocating for drugs and surgery right. because that is profitable. So when people want to say, oh, parasites, that's not a real thing, or, you know, people don't really have parasites, there's literally a book is How Are Parasites Affecting My Brain? It, it's, you know, hundreds of pages long, pretty much going, going through the research of a scientist that proved over and over through various studies that parasites hijack your behaviors. So that's what's always so fascinating is, you know, you could easily be hijacked, which is changing how your brain functions, which is not allowing you to even heal because your consciousness is altered. <laughs> and, you can, and you can go on YouTube and just type in, you know, cordyceps, uh, a good fungi oh. that's in a lot of things. and. That kind of freaked me out. (laughs) There's a video of it hijacking an ant and showing how it's, you know, replicating and being able to evolve and uh, proceed there. So it's just like, it's pretty crazy how everything's 
everything has a consciousness, but it's it's not about ridding ourselves of these things. It's really about having a good communication. And when it comes mm-hmm. to mindset, it's like, yeah, let's give you some tools to help balance out some of what we can control through our own perceptions of, you know, seeing things that have drawbacks, how they also have benefits to them, mm-hmm. but also understanding that, yeah, parasites and these things have consciousness and could be hijacking us. So at the same time, let's not just focus on one system and, you know, mm-hmm. go from one crappy, you know, model of only looking at biochemistry to only looking at, Mm -hmm. you know, the mental stress, let's actually work on everything together. Like, Mm -hmm. let's decrease some of the stress from the parasites in this. We're never going to rid the body of everything. It's like, when you look at the body, we have about 30,000 human cells, we have about 30,000 bacteria cells. um, And then it's like 10 times that when it comes to viruses. So Mm -hmm. it's like we have more viral DNA in us than we actually have human DNA. So to think that we're going to win a war against these things is just ignorance. And I really think that like this is like the biggest point of why I wanted to do this is exactly what you're saying. Because a lot of people that come to us and many other physicians, they come to us having an idea, they they use Google University, of course, and they have an idea, they start reading about parasites, they start reading about bacteria, they start reading about mold, they start reading about these types of things. And or they start learning about their personal products and they start to get really frustrated. And they're just like, oh my gosh, I've been putting all these toxic things on my body. I've been putting it on my children. And I need to like move to an island and like seal my house off and live in a complete bubble. And I can't use anything than other than vinegar. And I have to crush fruit on my face to like have blush on my cheeks. Like we start going into this kind of really neurotic mindset because we are you know, we're not understanding the the bigger picture of we're not going to be able to use enough hand sanitizer, bleach and cleaning products to avoid all bacteria and infections of the world. We've been living side by side with these organisms for years upon years upon years. And then on top of it, yes, we live in a very toxic world, but it's not about you or you're never going to be able to live in a bubble and protect yourself and keep your sanity at least. You need to learn how to create the balance. And that's really what it comes down to is you can't sit here and just focus on your diagnosis because you're not focusing on a solution. And then also secondary to that is you can't just, you know, stress yourself out because you're on this insane elimination diet. You're taking 45 supplements a day and you can't go out and socialize because you can't, you know, eat out or have a glass of wine or or do any of those things. Like it, that's not what the healing process is about. It's not about those extremes. It's about understanding your body, understanding your body's needs down to even the DNA level and knowing that our bodies are designed to filter the bad stuff out. But sometimes over years upon years of accumulation of infections or exposure to toxins, sometimes you just need a little bit of a reboot. And if you can get the burden off of your immune system, burden off of your filtration systems like your liver and your lymph nodes that are all designed to filter the bad stuff out, then you can actually function optimally. And you don't have to, you know, live in the bubble and avoid all of your friends and loved ones because you're scared of like eating a piece of bread when you're out. You know, it's all about balance is really what it comes down to. Because the people that I've worked with that have come to me and they're like trying to be on this insane elimination diet, I was like, you know what, 
we're not even going to talk diet right now. We're going to do some foundational things to get your body to a better place. And I need you to stop stressing yourself out about every little thing that you put in your mouth because the stress is actually making you more sick than the food. Yeah. And they're well, looking at me like, what? Well, what do you just mean? The sympathetic, you know, side. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. I mean, when you look at when you look at everything, you're just trying to take stress off the nervous system. Exactly. So and sometimes, you know, some for some people, the gluten is more stressful to the nervous system. Yep. And then some people, the amount of stress they have about not eating gluten <laughs> is worse for their nervous system. 100%. So it's not always just black and white. Every single person is going to be really, really different and being able to weigh that out. If your stress level is through the roof that you're waking up and having an anxiety attack because, you know, you're just like, I can't do anything that I like and I can't have my cup of coffee that I enjoyed so much, then maybe you should just have the cup of coffee. And obviously that doesn't mean, you know, you just go and smoke cigarettes, drink beer, eat pizza, and, you know, like lose your mind. But it's about balance. Like people always you know, get so fascinated when I'm sitting there and they're just like, you know, I know that I have to give everything up. And I'm like, okay, let's make a compromise here. You know, what are the things that you know are going to stress you out about giving up? And we, we come to a compromise. And what's always so interesting to me is that once they're able to decrease that stress, we start to do foundational therapies to get their body functioning better than them getting away from the sugar or getting away from, you know, the gluten it becomes easy because they're just like, wow, I, I feel good. I feel better. I feel like my mind is in a right, in the right place. Like I don't even need that anymore. No. And it's like, it's, I mean, when you, when you break it down in simplest terms is that it's like when, when we get sick, it's like somehow somewhere in life we lost control. Mm -hmm. um, and then something we gave our power up and now something's controlling us. And mm -hmm. the easy thing is just to call it pain, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So now this pain is controlling us and if we can't do anything about it, so we go crazy. Mm -hmm. And it's really just about getting our power back and not having anything control us and being in control of our own lives. Mm -hmm. And when you look at that, that sounds very simple. Um, it's a little more complex because we do have a physical body. We have a chemical body. We have an energetic body. We have an emotional body. Like we have to look at all mm -hmm. of those separate bodies and how bodies. <laughs> robot again, and how they all interact together and affect each other so yeah. it's just like it's it's pretty beautiful to watch uh, somebody go through because really the only way you can heal is to change your lifestyle so that you're actually becoming somebody mm -hmm. different and as you become somebody different that's when that's that's the whole journey like the journey isn't to get like the goal to be healthy mm -hmm. like who cares about that like you could whatever going to happen, but it's like, it's what really in the whole process, the journey of who you're becoming through the, through the process, yeah, through achieving the goal. So it's like, that's, that's the, uh, the beauty mm -hmm. aspect to watch. Well, it's, it's allowing things to happen organically. And I think that that's what creates sustainability at the end of the day. You know, these are when you allow things to happen organically and you're not forcing it, then these are things that become more sustainable you know, if you're kicking and screaming, but give up gluten because somebody told you to, then as soon as you get stressed or say, screw it, you're going to probably go out and eat like the biggest bowl of pasta on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that's that's not a, a healthy relationship with it. It's, well, that's why diets don't work. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So the biggest purpose for us doing this is that when it comes down to 
our health and our bodies is we have to consider two things. We have to consider, you know, is there an emotional layer or stressor that we're ignoring or our physicians are not acknowledging because that's not their zone of excellence because... Can I pause really quick? Sure. <laughs> and I don't want to necessarily say, is there emotional stress that you're ignoring? Because a lot of people, quote unquote, especially in Jersey, where there's a lot of high demand I know stress, exactly where you're going with this. Say... Yeah, I'm stressed, but I deal with it. I can it handle fine. it. I, it's fine. Like, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm not an emotional person. I don't cry. I don't let it affect me. Mm -hmm. And that's straight bullshit. <laughs> it's like, that's just saying that I'm just going to push it over here and I'm not going to deal with it. Yes. And over time, the body doesn't care. It keeps the score. It's mm -hmm. going to create trauma. Mm -hmm. And until you can man up and deal with it yeah then it's just gonna keep kind of being that underlining and the Go cool ahead. thing is is if you reflect at your life is that everything whether it's in your body whether it's in nature everything works in cycles mm -hmm. so you'll have these same patterns showing up over and over and over and all it is is just a feedback mechanism yeah so it's a feedback mechanism to show that hey guess what Mm -hmm. you're not dealing with something in your life. Yeah. And it's taking the time to be able to evaluate, you know, and the, the, the great thing is, is everything external is just a reflection internally. Mm -hmm. So if we take the time to see where we're having a reaction, what type of reaction it is to go inwards and actually figure out what aspect of your life that's connected to, then we can see whether, what type of trauma this is, mm -hmm. see all the resentment from it, see all the drawbacks, see all the negatives, but then see the flip opposite. And when we can see how these things actually benefited us in life and mm -hmm. allowed us to move forward, maybe even created our values and what we found missing actually is left this hole for us to fulfill and gave us this passion, this drive and what we really care about and how we want to help people and how we want to help the world is really just a reflection of how we want to help ourselves. Yeah. Well, and I think that a really important thing to say, piggybacking off of what you just said, is that when we talk about this emotional layer being a contributing factor to your health, like we're not necessarily saying that the only way you fix this is through talk therapy or going to a therapist, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, or even medication. With some of the modalities we use in our practice, um, we actually test the person to see what is the best therapy for them. And sometimes that's utilizing something called the Demartini method, which is the method that you're describing about establishing what your values are, being able to see all sides of the thing that we perceive as stress, because it might not be stress, it might be present for a reason. Yep. And then sometimes we actually use acupuncture type therapies to clear out energetic and emotional blockages in meridians. So it really varies on the person. This is not necessarily about that one size fits all um, treatment or, yeah. or tool. Sometimes cranial sacral, like doing some emotional release and being able to just mm -hmm. let the physical body release exactly. the energy that's being held. Because so you can hold emotions in tissues and you can hold them, you know, in, in organs. So there are so many modalities out there. And, you know, you can try to obviously navigate and figure out what's the best one for you. But when you come to IWG, the cool thing about it is we actually test you. We test to see, okay, there's an emotional layer coming up. What is the best way to work on this to help to release that burden. So definitely the the point of this is not necessarily that everybody needs a therapist. Some people do, but um, there are other mechanisms to work on stress and to work on 
even as just establishing your values and, you know, why you do things that you do on a day-to-day basis. How do you make decisions? You know, why do you have judgments and resentments coming up? Because it all comes back why to- Why are you always bickering at your spouse? Yeah. You it all comes back to your belief system and your values. Yep. Um, so I think that's a really important part to understand. And, and then the other part of it too, is if you are on your own health journey, you know, if you're doing it on your own or if you're working with somebody else is it's not about stressing yourself out and it's not about, you know, I need to live in a bubble and I can't do any of the things that I used to like to do because that's not congruent with a healthy lifestyle. You know, there's obviously it's, there's so many ways that you can create balance and, you know, not necessarily feel like you're depriving yourself or you're isolating yourself. Because unfortunately, I do feel like a lot of people isolate themselves when they're trying to get well because they're avoiding conversations. They're avoiding confrontation. You know, they feel almost there's, embarrassed. Well, there's some guilt and shame to being sick because somehow you like a lot of people. I think feel... there's guilt and shame to people wanting to get better. You hear it all the time. Yeah. When are you going to eat normal again? When are you going to just act normal again? When are you going to come out drinking like the rest of us again? Like there's a lot of that type of feedback. And sometimes that lifestyle change is changing up the external lifestyle as well. And sometimes uh, mm -hmm. you might need some new friends. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, of course. But I think it's also the way that we communicate what we're doing. We don't feel confident in it. We don't like to challenge the the normalcy of society. So it's not about, you know, you isolating yourself or feeling super stressed out about trying to be healthy. It's definitely about balance. And it's really, you can create that balance once you know more about your own body. And that's really the beauty of some of the testing that we do is we really take out the the guessing. We take out the trial and error. We, we test your body in a very unique way that we know if there's an emotional piece. We know that, okay, maybe the gluten is not good for you, but it's not bad enough that we're, we're going to eliminate it, which is going to induce a lot of stress. So it's all about really understanding your blueprint, your body, your body's needs at the end of the day. And I mean, I'm not a big fan of gluten, whether you have a reaction or not. <laughs> but maybe if you just decrease that emotional stress, it would allow your immune system to be strong enough that you wouldn't even ever have a problem with gluten. 100% agreed. So. Yeah. So I hope you guys enjoyed this um, and really just shed light on trying to create more balance through your healing journey. Um, and if you are interested in learning a little bit more about what we do and, and some of this unique testing that we do, uh, check out our website for a strategy call with uh, one of our client services members. And uh, they can explain a lot more in depth about some of the tests, uh, why we do what we do and, and how we do it. So we'll see you guys next week. We thank you for being a listener and subscriber to Integrative Wellness Radio. If you're looking to learn more about Integrative Wellness Group, as well as Dr. Nick or Dr. Nicole, you can check out integrativewellnessgroup.com.